Hi everyone, welcome back to Green Speaks. For today's episode, we're going to talk about our high school experience, being queer and being Korean as a teenager in closet. Yes. And so I think for both Sean and I, there might be two contexts to this because I can speak about being queer and a teenager in Korea as well as, you know, being Korean in Toronto as well. For me, I think I mentioned this um, in earlier episodes that I moved to Canada when I was in grade 8. But before moving to Canada, I don't think I had a realization that I was gay. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Late bloomer there. (laughs) I think I always had suspicion about or um, curiosity about uh, my identity and sexuality, but didn't really fully came to consciousness. So I'm going to start off today. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I moved from Korea to Canada in uh, in grade 8. I moved by myself. So my parents um, wanted me to have a better education, so um, they sent me off, and I started living with a like, white host family. Mm-hmm. Back then, I, had, I didn't know a word of English. So what I remember is that our school, because I was put into a school in the suburb, they really didn't have any immigrants, and they didn't have a lot of Korean people. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even have an ESL program. Right. So when I came in... Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but what year was this? Year 2000. Okay, year 2000, and you moved to BC at the time, right? Yeah. So, okay, West Coast. So because they don't, didn't have any experience allowing uh, students from overseas to attend the school, they didn't have an ESL program, so they weren't really ready. So I was put into regular classes um, fully, like English, science, um, history, everything. So I remember going to a science class. They would have like a pop quizzes every day. Mm-hmm. There weren't, looking back, it wasn't the hard questions, but it was kind of a reminder of what they did last previous class. And I remember getting zero out of 10 for the entire almost two months. Mm -hmm. And mind you, being surrounded by people who don't speak the same language and getting the constant reminder of that you are not capable and you are failing, I think it impacted me a lot. Mm. And before moving to Canada, I was a very active person. I was more extrovert than in, uh, introvert. But after going through all that experience, I find myself becoming more and more introvert. And I'm a type of person, if I know I won't be able to say it right, I'd rather not to say it. Mm. So it really changed my um, personality. Before I moved, I was really good at um, academic-wise back in Korea. So that was one thing that I felt like I lost. So I felt the pressure to do well at something because I can't do so many things. It could be language abilities or also I wasn't very... Because I lived through like a couple of years of my life not having friends and not being able to understand the materials at school. So I spent a lot of time by myself and I became kind of an awkward kid. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really good at sports. I think I was never really good at sports. <laughs> <laughs> but I did um, do some break dancing okay. in like junior high. But other than that, I really didn't like anything to do with with the ball, like yeah. soccer, basketball, whatever. I wasn't really good at it. So I would compare myself with other white kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a lot bigger than I was, a lot more musc- uh, muscular, yeah. seemingly more masculine too. Yeah. And that's the time when I started watching porn. 
Uh, back in the day, we didn't have Pornhub, we didn't have Torrent, <laughs> <laughs> but there were sites that you would go internet. on. Yeah, yeah, you had internet, okay. but nothing was video because we couldn't uh, handle the bandwidth. Um, I would just watch the um, click on the pictures, and I think that's what, like grade A, grade nine. That's where I started to realize that when I look at pornographic pictures, I would focus more on the male part, male parts. And I think it started off as it's more of a curiosity, like, and it became more of like an admiration almost. Am I as masculine as the the pornographic actor? Am I is my size comparable and all that? And that started to realize that I am fixating on on the male body parts more than women's. I think it slowly made me realize that I could possibly be gay. Right. However. I spent my whole high school years trying to deny those feelings, yep. and I had a couple of crushes on girls. Mm-hmm. And even the crush that I mentioned in the previous episode, him, I liked him, and it was definitely a crush. But I don't think I ever imagined anything sexual with mm-hmm. him. So I wasn't be I wasn't able to fully embrace or realize that I was gay. And could be because I did not allow myself to fully experience it, or that it wasn't developed because I was too young. I'm not sure why that was, but anyways, being not being having an accent, not having a lot of friends, I'm having body image issues. Um, I was very skinny, like I'm skinny now, but I was back then. I was a lot skinnier. I was a geek. Um, I was awkward. Um, after around around grade ten, when my crush transferred to my school, a lot of Koreans came to my school, and it became like a group. So whenever there's Koreans, they like stick together and then they form a group. And whenever a group is formed, there's always a victim. So I was the one of the earlier ones who attended the school, and I was one of the uh, younger ones. So we used to hang out fine, but then I think they realized I was a little different. Mm -hmm. Also, because I came to Canada a little earlier than they did, I. By the time they were here, I was already done with ESL and I was doing better at school. And I think I was kind of proud that I was. So I might have been like rubbing in their faces or whatever. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. But there were things that made them uncomfortable. I think I mentioned something about me having a dream of like naked guys or something. Mm -hmm. At the time, I thought that was just innocent. I didn't think of much. I didn't associate that kind of um, dreams with homosexuality. Mentioned it to my friends, and they took it really weirdly. So the person that I talked to, he immediately stopped talking to me the day after. And then that kind of spread to the whole school. The whole school? Not just your Korean group? No, the the Korean group. Oh, okay. That those were your core group of friends. Yes. um, I would eat lunch with them every day, and suddenly they would just stop talking to me, and they wouldn't hide back. And when you're in a high school, and then when your friends turn their backs around you, then like your world crumbles. Of course. It's really tough. And plus, I didn't have a family to go back to. Mm. I was by myself. Mm. And having all that issue with being gay, although I didn't really realize it fully back then, and being in a country where I I constantly feel lonely, Mm. not having friends to talk to, and all those things, it made me a living hell. I don't know how I 
I went through with all that experience because it's gotten to the point where I was almost bullied. Some of the days I would bring my lunch to the washroom and eat it. Mm. And it just got to the point where it was really, really bad.、Mm. And later I found out one of the people in school actually told me the Koreans created a website and they would write things about me. So it was kind of like hate on Sean kind of website. And、oh、they would they would say nasty things about how weird I am, how whatever they think I am.、Mm-hmm. So I think even till, even till this date, that's why I really don't keep contact with any of my Korean friends in high school.、Okay. I made up with some of them, but the core person who almost abused me, and there were some physical abuse too, I, really, I just never wanted to talk to him.、Yeah. I wanted to erase him off of my head and wish I could just go back and erase everything and start everything from fresh, but obviously that can't、mm. be done. So I think, I think the reason I didn't fully realize that I was gay in high school is because there were too many other issues that I had to face. Yeah, yeah. And, safety issues, right? And、yeah. safety issues. And I, wasn't, I didn't have the luxury to explore my sexuality because I, was, I didn't have any friends.、Mm. No one supported me, and I couldn't even think to come out and embrace myself because that was just not possible.、Mm-hmm. Me just purely existing in, in the high school society was just tough enough. I couldn't even think of embracing my gay sexuality. However, in late grade 11, my mom and my sister came、um, and stayed with me. So those years, I think I had more support from my family, although I was not out to my family. Just having my family、uh, being in the same room、mm-hmm. and seeing my family and living with them, it gave me more courage to stand up for myself.、Mm-hmm. So during those years, I would dress up as really, really ridiculous. I would dress up. <laughs> so I had、like、a long, curly hair, like, long blonde, curly hair. Uh, with thick glasses, <laughs> I would wear like fluorescent, like red and green,、uh, like one color button downs、yeah. and like white tight pants.、Nice. <laughs> and, in high school? In、wow. high school. That's、uh, pretty courageous, Sean. Snake leather、uh, belts. No way. And it's, when I think back, I, I cringe. I, <laughs> so I, I want to burn all of my high school photos. So、funny. <laughs> because my fashion choice back in the day is just ridiculous. But I think that was an outlet for me、mm-hmm. because I think I was telling to my peers that I can dress up in this way how, or however I choose to、yeah. because I have the freedom to do so.、Right. And I think that was one of the ways for me to gain my confidence back and fight against the oppression、mm-hmm. that I felt. And a random kid、uh, from school, after school, I was waiting for a school bus, would ask me, Are you queer? Because、mm-hmm. obviously my outlook was very <laughs> queer. No comment there. I need to share the photos with you because it's just so ridiculous. Share it and let's upload it online. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, Sean. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I didn't have the heart to tell、um, the person who asked me if, if I was queer that I was queer.、Um, Did you know at that point? I, was, I wasn't sure. Playing with the idea, maybe?、Um, I think I was leaning towards more and more that I could possibly be gay.、Mm-hmm. But the, the rationale that I had in me was I had a problem with masculinity.、Mm-hmm. So I am drawn to people who 
are masculine. Mm. So that's the something that I admire too, that I'm obsessed with. Mm. So I wasn't thinking that I am attracted to, to guys per se. Mm. So that's, that's the rational that I had in me okay. to fight to off just, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, justify um, my feelings. Definitely. Yeah. And funny thing is my mom is a very open person. So mm. I would dress up like we actually went shopping together for those, oh, yeah. <laughs> for those fluorescent <laughs> button snake, downs. snake leather, whatever. Uh, oh, she was very supportive. Yeah. I really give a lot of credit for my yeah, mom. Seriously. She didn't feel that it was embarrassing, and she wasn't worried about me dressing up very particular. Mm-hmm. Um, she was more than uh, supportive mm-hmm. about it. So I really thank my mom for letting me be who I am mm-hmm. um, and allowing me to make my own decisions. Yeah. Hmm. So just a couple of thoughts that kind of came through my head as you were sharing. I didn't want to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. um, first of all, when you mentioned like masculinity, right? When you say masculinity, a lot of it is probably the more Western ideas mm-hmm. of being masculine, mm-hmm. masculine because masculinity in Korea, well, back in the day, maybe now it's more similar to Western masculinity, but I find that gender roles in Korea, well, being masculine in Korea is very different from masculinity. Mm-hmm, masculine exa- exactly. I never felt that I wasn't masculine enough when I was living in Korea, but that sudden shift mm-hmm. really hit me a lot because the physique and the built and how they, I think it's more prominent in North America, how yeah. kids act yep. and that particular the mannerism mm-hmm. it's more exaggerated i would say yeah. and it wasn't part of me definitely mm-hmm. so i would compare myself apparently the perceived masculinity that i see in my peers i don't see that within me mm-hmm. so i must not be masculine mm-hmm. i think i had that um kind of struggle yeah the other thing that came to my mind was um you mentioned that you were sortably not really or i think you're kind of toying with that word but just hearing what you were describing it definitely sounded like you were being isolated and excluded mm-hmm. and i know with female bullying that's the type of bullying that girls do to each other mm, it's not yeah. so much physical but it's definitely it's communication yeah. emotional and so that's so for me when i hear what you went through that to me is very much bullying in that sense and it may have not been physical all the time maybe with that one person it may have to a certain degree but all of that sounds like it was emotional bullying and mm-hmm. the fact that they created created a website just to you know hate on you yeah bent out to hate on yeah, me yeah that that to me boggles my mind but at the same time i'm sure that that happens today to even more so given oh, how yeah. much you know, social media and all that happens. Oh, yeah, um, I heard. So now everyone's on social media. Mm-hmm. So I heard the kids nowadays excommunicate or bully someone on social media. Yeah, for sure. Which, which has the same effect. Of course, of course. So, yeah, I just want to clarify if, in case that you felt confused about the whole bullying but not really bullying mm-hmm. or just for the listener that it is bullying if you're, you know, isolating someone and um, excluding people. Um, just because they're different or because, you know, they're not like you. Um, I definitely think that was a bullying experience. And um, with that being said, though, uh, Sean, you mentioned how you want to erase that person out of your head or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the reason, it's one of the reasons why you don't keep in touch with the core group of your high school friends. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of that experience was very negative. But I want to challenge you, Sean, and ask you, 
do you think you can actually forgive this person for what he did? Because the reason why I ask you this is because at the end of the day, you're, for you to hold on to those negative emotions is only eating away at you. Mm-hmm. Impacting negatively. Yeah. And for, to, for you to be able to forgive someone is actually very powerful. And you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of gaining that power back, right? And taking the power away from the hands of the bully, mm-hmm. but putting it back. Like, exactly. So I'm asking you, Sean, if you have the capability right now to say that, you know, forgive this person. If not now, then maybe later. But uh, to release that from yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would be really powerful for you, for you and therapeutic. So what was funny is that after I came out, I thought the world is going to be perfect. So mm-hmm. I, I thought being, being a gay person is the root of all problems. And if I came out, everything is going to be fine. But later I realized that this high school experience, this, this emotional bully, actually impacted me more than I thought. Mm-hmm. And it may have been even greater um, effect on me than being gay. Right. And I struggled with this for a very long time. But after realizing how much effect it had on me, I realized that I really should forgive mm-hmm. the people who, who participated in the bullying yeah. And possibly want to reach out to them, because one of them tried to contact me. Mm-hmm. I think that he wanted to like friend me on Facebook or something, but I declined. Look back mm-hmm. in the day, yeah. but now I do want to make an effort to connect back with them mm-hmm. and at least talk about because it's been more than ten years and they've they've moved on and I should have moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they would have the same negative feelings towards me um, as they did back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to say right now that I forget them 100% because obviously they did put me through a very uh, difficult time. Mm-hmm. However, I do want to make effort. Yeah. Well, maybe it's uh, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Okay. But yeah. also, another thing yeah. that I want to mention is it really gets better. Yes. I wanted to bring, that, bring it back to that too, for sure. I mean... You mentioned social media and how a lot of um, bullying happens through that form. And for sure, over the past couple of years, we hear in the news all the time about mm-hmm. another teen, teenager, you know, ending their life due to bullying. And this is our pitch in terms of, you know, all the youth out there and maybe even some of the adults that are struggling with mm-hmm. being, you know, being in the closet. We really want to tell you that coming out is not easy. It's never super easy unless you know you have a really really good support system yeah yeah. support system but it does get better and the more you do it the more you come out to people the easier it does get um and you'll really know who your true core friends are and family people around Mm -hmm. you and what i realize is the reason i said i want to go back and um relive my high school years is that throughout coming out i realize by coming out you're empowering yourself because once you accept yourself, no one can um, make fun of it because mm-hmm. I own my identity, I own my sexuality, so, oh, you're gay, I am. Mm-hmm. It's no, no more a bully. Mm-hmm. And I can say this now because it's been 10 years, but if anyone is listening to this, going through the similar things, then I really want to tell them that it really does get better. Yes. I am so much happier with my life. Yes. I love my friends, and I have a lot of friends who love me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> a big smile on your face and yeah. mine. 
But yeah, it really does get better. So please hang in there. And um, if it helps to write your feelings, if you don't feel safe telling people, start with writing, getting it out of your system. Um, and just there is support out there. And if anything, you can reach out to us. That's what we're here mm-hmm. for. And um, yeah, plug in through Facebook and our website and whatnot. Okay, so I guess it's my turn to share my high school experience. So how about I start with mentioning how I was born and raised in Toronto, but then um, I got uprooted. My family decided to move to Korea when I was 12. So that's about grade seven. And uh, so I had the reverse immigrant experience. So Sean, all the things that you mentioned about, you know, being in a new culture, (laughs) which all that, I totally get it, um, except I went backwards from being in a very open liberal Western society to a very conservative Eastern Eastern cultural collectivist society too, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Western culture is very individualistic. So you can be your own self to, to a certain degree. Minus all the teenage pressures of, you know, trying to be like each other. But um, <laughs> so when I went to Korea, it was really, really challenging for the same reasons that you mentioned, Sean, with the language. I definitely um, no longer thrived in academics. Uh, I used to be like a straight-A student here um, in elementary school and in grade six and whatnot. But definitely going to Korea and the whole language barrier was a huge challenge. And I also got zeros for my tests for like a good two years. Oh my God. Um, Minus English class and minus uh, phys ed. Wow. (laughs) And minus music. So those three... Uh, subject areas were good, but the uh, the rest of my report card was really, really bad. And uh, that did affect me to a certain degree, but I also knew that I was capable. I just knew I wasn't capable in that sort of environment. So I didn't really let that discourage me too much. But I think what really broke me though was the humiliation that I was put through. I think, Sean, you kind of mentioned feeling that way internally. I don't know if you felt that from or got that from your peers and your teacher, but when I was in Korea, the teachers would make fun of me for not being able to speak Korean. Um, my classmates made fun of me for not knowing how to speak Korean. And the thing is, I looked Korean, so they had no idea mm-hmm. I was a foreigner, you know, that someone that was brought up elsewhere until I opened my mouth and I couldn't speak it right. And so there was that. So that that broke my spirit. But not only that, in Korea at the time, they also practiced uh, corporal punishment. So... <sighs> they hit you if you couldn't answer any questions. So I got hit a lot for not being able to answer questions, right? So I think it was, oh for me, God. a very, very big, um, terrifying, terrifying experience. experience. And seriously, like every math class, I remember I was shaking in my seat, just shaking because I was so terrified of being called up to the front or being called to solve a problem. And that's math because I knew that teacher would always call on people. Some subjects, teachers did not bother, but math was one of them. And then Hanun Shigan, so learning Chinese characters, was another class that I was totally terrified. And that teacher also hit a lot. So I got hit a lot, (laughs) basically. So that's really one of my most traumatic experiences, Um, moving back to Korea, and never mind the whole sexual identity in that point in my life, even though I was already experienced that before having moved to Korea, because I mentioned how my first crush mm-hmm. was before that, right? But uh, so that to me was another layer of things that I had to work through and survive. I think what you mentioned earlier, Sean, was um, survival, just trying to survive day to day, right? 
So that's how I felt during the four years I was there. Four years. Yes, so, so you went Chungakyo and went to Kodakyo. Yes. So that is crazy. Two, so three years of middle school, uh, actually one semester of elementary school when I went to Korea, grade six, second semester. Three years of middle school and then one semester of high school in Korea. And high school was actually better than middle school because at that point the teachers didn't um, hit the students or at least at the school I went to because they were a bit more, I guess, progressive. <laughs> and so that one semester was better than my three years in middle school. However, because you're in high school now, there was so much pressure to so excel. And I still academically, academically, mm -hmm. I was already behind two years because of my language barrier. But not only that, Korean curriculum is two years advanced, crazy from, intense from the Canadian system. So I was literally like four years behind in terms of my learning. Um, um, but the only thing was that my Korean got a little bit better, so I was slowly starting to understand what was being taught in class. But it, the material was way too difficult for me to understand still. Anyway. But that didn't really faze me because I always had an end goal of moving back to Canada. And so finally, when I was oh. 16, my parents decided I was um, old enough to come back on my own because they couldn't move back with me. And so I left my parents when I was 16 and I enrolled in my high school that I mentioned, uh, my home school. So where I grew wow. up in the neighborhood, reconnected with my friends. But that also was challenging because if you're away for four years um, and you're not speaking English, English every day, you know, I, my grammar was still pretty weak when I came back. And learning academic English is completely different from mm -hmm. speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. learning or speaking social Korean is very different from academic Korean. So I mean, you skipped a lot of materials in between. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my writing skills were like non-existent and like a lot of it I had to build again. Um, but luckily I had some friends that I remember from before, including my crush that I mentioned. That helped in terms of me adjusting back into the high school system. So mm -hmm. academically, I was still struggling for a bit. I was okay in math, actually. I was probably the best one in math <laughs> for some reason, even though I struggled through it in Korea. So that was very odd. But um, coming back, math, music was like my saving grace. And then everything else, I just managed somehow to get by. But socially, I was okay because um, a lot of my friends were there and I made new friends. And I think I was pretty good with making new friends. Um, however, I think because of the, the traumatic experience of, you know, being hit and whatnot, like the schooling in Korea, it did affect my, I guess, my spirit, you can say, mm -hmm. my level of joy to live and like just getting by. A lot of that was affected. And as much as I was able to make new friends and whatnot, I think I, I had a lot of things to work through internally mm -hmm. and a lot of anger for sure that I had built up throughout the years towards, mm -hmm. you know, my teachers mm -hmm. and my parents and you know, Korean the society and yeah a lot yeah. of things that I had to work through and at the same time I was working through you know alongside my my more increasing number of crushes on girls <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like she had a lot of crushes hey <laughs> I don't even think she can count how many hey. she had <laughs> so so as you know um I had reconnected with my crush, but I, I had moved on to other crushes. And so as that was happening, so now I'm talking about my sexual identity, but uh, throughout high school, I would notice that I would be more interested in girls. And this actually started in Korea too. Mm -hmm. But back in Korea, you know, there were so many things that I was trying to just survive. So it never really hit me. But then through uh, coming back to Canada, being kind of released of that pressure a little bit, the academic pressure, and then also my first crush coming out to me and that making me realize, oh, 
wait a second, me too kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, oh, wait, I'm having another crush on this girl and that girl and this girl and that girl, right? So, <laughs> so that's where it became more apparent that, you know what, I'm actually not fully straight as I was brought up to be or that I thought. However, I also feel that I always knew inside, but mm-hmm. it was never really surfaced to the consciousness mm-hmm. level until, you know, your hormones are running because that's when it's really clear, right? Mm-hmm. So um, my high school years of being in the closet was very difficult because um, I had mentioned that when my crush had come out to me, that was kind of a turning point for me, for me to realize, oh, wait, I am too. I am queer as well. But then that from that moment on, I started retreating and started building up walls and trying to prove to everyone that I was not, right? So I was very, very good at hiding it. If anything, I made sure I hid it well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're talking like late 1990s. And during that time, no one was queer around me, except for Nobody. maybe my one friend. And in the media too, like it was really, really, rare. really, really rare. I don't even remember if Ellen was out at that point. That's crazy. But uh, she may have been. But regardless, it was it was really, really rare to see anyone queer outside of just, you know, your own experience. And mm-hmm. so that's why it was very lonely. Um, not only that, I was brought up Christian, grew up in a very Christian household. And coming back to Canada and going to church, realizing that I was gay, a lot of that internal homophobia started to really surface and that made me cling on to my religion and my faith even mm-hmm. more. More so in in order to deny myself, right? So to hide. Again, it was in order to hide that I was gay. So I would be more religious or I would like try to really pray away my gayness, right? As they would call it. But knowing that it wasn't working, I really struggled with that. So I was really depressed, if anything, throughout high school because there was nobody. And as much as I was close with my friends, you know, I, I was terrified of telling them, totally terrified. And none of them were even like that gung-ho Christians either. I was like the most Christian one, right? A lot of them were Buddhists or not religious at all, but just the pressures of being a teenager and mm-hmm. wanting to fit in was really, really high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it was hard for me to even contemplate sharing that with any of my friends. And so my high school experience back in Canada was very isolating in that sense, even though I did have a lot of friends around me, just because the level of acceptance back then was just not there, right? Um, I really, really, really am so thankful for the level of acceptance it is now compared mm-hmm. to like 10 15 years ago for but, you know the teenagers now because i think they have a little bit more of an outlet or more more or more exposure to exposure. in the media um and they have more examples to follow mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um youtube videos or podcasts like this that, <laughs> that mm-hmm. may help them and because i know a lot of people who is around our age saying that back in Back when they were in high school or when they were young, they thought that there is no gay person. Mm-hmm. Like, just there is no, I am the only person, though I am the anomaly, that I am the weird one. Mm-hmm. So the situation is, is, it was really different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because we mentioned social media earlier in terms of bullying and isolation and whatnot. But I also think the beauty of internet and social media 
now is that you can actually make friends online or reach out to other careers online and have a sense of community in that mm-hmm. sense. But, you can connect yeah. really per- in a personal level. Yeah, you can. And not have to really fully expose yourself to the person if you're not feeling safe, right? Mm-hmm. But back then, like, we didn't even have the internet or internet was just starting to be more prevalent in the homes, but it would be dial up, it would be slow, we would have ICQ and you know, so it would really be either you're talking to like random strangers, often like weird people, <laughs> or <laughs> or like your friends who you would not come out to, right? So, okay. um, internet was just starting to become more of a mainstream thing. So, I didn't have that sort of online social support network support that you could have now, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what that's also something that we're trying to create, right, Sean? Yeah. For sense of community, a sense of community for. Other queer Korean folks out there who may feel alone, whether they're in Toronto, Korea, or elsewhere, uh-huh. because we want to say, hey, we do exist, and uh, yeah, we're here for you. Also, just being a teenager itself is hard enough, and we have to face another sexual identity issues. And one of the common things that I um, discovered from Esther's story is that I think when you are young, when you're a teenager, you spend a lot of time proving yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you spend a lot of time proving that you're not different. You're trying to prove that you are academically successful or popular or whatnot, and there's a lot of pressure. So you spend a lot of time not trying to figure out who you are, but trying to please others and conforming to what you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I felt the same kind of pressure, and if I could go back, <laughs> Once again, I would focus less on what I should be than uh, focus more on who I really am and mm-hmm. just embracing who you are. Yeah, who I am. <laughs> That's a great point, Sean. It's so true. Okay, so that concludes our episode about our own high, high school, school years. Yeah, and uh, feel free to comment and send us your questions any insights you you may have had or if you want to share your story please send us Mm -hmm. your stories i really wanted to connect with a queer youth out there because it's hard for me to imagine what it is like i imagine it would be similar although the landscape had changed and there's more um queer identities in the media and there's social media and whatnot but the internal homophobia and the internal struggle that you have to go through, I think it's still there and it's still hard and it's, it's just as difficult, I imagine. Um, so if you want to hit us up on email or Facebook and anything, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And that is one of the reasons why we are here. Please yeah, find us on Facebook, email, website. Yep, subscribe to our channel and check us out online. Sounds good? Yep. Alright, so we'll catch you guys next time and... Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.